Our New Testament lesson comes from, I love Timothy, I love what he has to say. I love what Paul writes to him. And so we hear in the third chapter of the second book of Timothy, beginning in the 14th verse. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. And the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message, be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience in his teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, always be sober, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, carry out your ministry fully. The word of God for the people of God. Be to God. God. You know, I can just say, you learn a great deal when you go into the family business as the non-blood relative. <laughs> so I was not offended that my office was, yes, I measured, 102 feet and 3 inches away from the family. <laughs> my then husband Mike and his mother and father, Arthur and Franklin, had started this business and um, they asked me to join them. And so I did, but I learned a lot about them away from the family gatherings. Now my father-in-law, Arthur, was a unique individual. He was dedicated to God, his faith, his family, his church, and to Rotary. I never heard him speak a truly unkind or mean word about anyone. The most he would say is, you know, that man is quite peculiar. <laughs> Some had a tendency to say he was a little gruff. I would not have called him warm and fuzzy, but he did love deeply. He was part of the greatest generation. Author Matthew served. <coughs> Senior served in World War II. He and Frankie married relatively late in life. And shortly after he was married, he was called into service. And he went to fight. Found himself shipped overseas and on the banks of Normandy. But during that time that he and Frankie were apart, 
He wrote her almost every single day, or at least every day that he could. And trust me, that was not a trait that I would have said that this man had naturally. And Frankie, my mother-in-law being Frankie, kept every single one of his letters. Now these letters were kind of like the folklore of the family. Everybody knew they existed, but no one had ever seen them, but yet no one had ever read them either. And then one day after Granddaddy had passed, Mimi and I were in conversation, just the two of us, and she looked at me and she said, Beth, the grandchildren are circling the wagons. They're letting me know what jewelry, what furniture, everything I have, they're claiming. So if there's something you want, you better speak up quickly. And we both just looked at each other and giggled. And then before I could realize what was coming out of my mouth, I said, do you know what I really want? I would cherish Granddaddy's letters. She simply looked up from the kitchen table, smiled at me, and said yes. Mimi, after she broke her second hip at age 95, moved to Lakeview Nursing Home, where she began her eight years of rehabilitation. She never said she was a resident. She was just in rehab, extended rehab, and I was her legal person. So at the age of 100, it was up to me to convince her that she needed to sell her house at 1653rd, a home that she had been in for over 65 years. Not only was it up to me to convince her to sell it, but then it became up to me to clean the house out. But it, Mimi was quite adamant that before we put the house on the market, this house had to be cleaned out. And before I let anybody in there to clean it out, I needed to do something. So we're sitting in the day room of Lakeview Nursing Home. And she, she was in a little wheelchair and she called me close as if anybody in there could hear, much less care about what she was getting ready to tell me. But she told me exactly where these letters were hidden. She wanted them out before anybody came into the house. So I went right there and I found them exactly where she said, and I kept them for years before I read them. Even for several years after she died at 103 on Christmas Day, I held on to them. I wanted the letters. I cherished the letters. But there was something so intimate, so personal about them that I just didn't want to disturb them. But I feel that maybe that's exactly how Timothy may have felt about his letters from Paul. They were words written personally to him. They were words written to a friend, words written to a young minister from his mentor, private words. 
that now the entire world shares. If you read through the books of Timothy, you find the letter written to, Tim, to him as he was struggling with his ministry. Paul tells Timothy that he had his own gospel. And that's what he should be preaching. In fact, if you read through this, you hear Paul use the term, my gospel, referring to his own story. In the passage today, Paul is addressing Timothy's concern regarding the true teachings versus the false doctrine of the church. Now, Timothy is truly gravely concerned because the apostles are vanishing. They're dying before the return of Jesus. Now, remember during this time, the believers and the apostles were still believing, still hoping that Jesus' return was coming relatively quickly. Paul, who wrote this letter, as we know, was chained in prison, knowing his work was done, and he was waiting execution. Timothy was wondering, struggling, how he would address the problems and the questions in the church regarding the false teachings, separating what doctrine is true, when all the apostles were gone. Who would have the answers? Paul says, Timothy, hold on. Don't panic, my friend. You have the source of the answers. Don't deal with what is false. Don't concern yourself with that. Go beyond it. Discern the truth from the false teachings in a manner that's going to hold up even after the apostles are gone. Paul says the way to know if it is true, sound teachings are false is to put it up, hold it up against the scripture. Now the scripture then is not like what we are using today. The scripture in Paul's time were the Hebrew scriptures in the Greek translation, what we know as our Old Testament. The Old Testament writings that Jesus often quoted. Now their understanding of the scriptures had changed. They changed since the covenant was fulfilled. Christ came. He died. He was resurrected from the dead. They had been filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to understand the scriptures in a new way. This new understanding is what Paul is conveying to Timothy in this letter. It was the understanding of the scriptures with the stories of Jesus Christ through which they now had a new lens to view God's word. And there always is a but when you're talking, right? Here's the but. How was Timothy, how are we to know what was the truth? 
Paul tells Timothy, he tells us. Paul asked Timothy, who taught you these scriptures? Where did you learn this, Timothy? You know, think about it. You learned it at home, from your mother, from your grandmother. Timothy was a third generation Christian. He learned about Jesus and being a Christian from those who had known Jesus. Hearing it in his house. Paul is telling Timothy, that is what you hold on to. Paul tells Timothy, go to the scriptures. Let the Holy Spirit walk you through it. Let the Holy Spirit work in you as you read, think, and pray over God's Word. Timothy was reading the scriptures to find the answers over 2,000 years ago. And it's still what we should do today to find the answers is to go to the scriptures. That's why it's important to not just read the Word, but to be in the Word. That is where you find the truth from the false. These were God's words to Timothy, and they're God's word to you. Paul states that Timothy should be in the Word, and the second time he is calling Timothy to preach the Word, preach the good news. He's telling Timothy, you can't preach the Word if you're not in the Word. If you don't know the Word. So hold on to the Word. Hold on to the Scripture. Paul tells us you can't tell your gospel if you don't have a personal experience with Jesus. And you can't preach or talk about the Word if you don't know God's Word. The Scriptures are the living Word of God, written especially to each one of us. They are God's love letters to each of us. Just as for Timothy, they are our source of comfort, our guidance, our discernment. The scriptures are what God wants us to hold on to when we have questions, when we are troubled, when we're confused, when we don't know the truth from the false. Several years after um, Mimi passed on that Christmas day, I was home alone on a Saturday. And so I decided then was a perfect time to just sort of go get that box, that little wooden box, and unwrap those letters. I managed to read only about six of them in their entirety. Now there certainly wasn't anything in them that I shouldn't have read because they were granddaddy's letters of instruction to Mimi. He wrote about what to do to the pipes when it got so far below freezing. Where to take the car if you needed a mechanic. 
those were the things he was writing to her. But still, I felt like I was intruding. But what caught my attention truly was how Granddaddy signed the letters. So I opened that big stack just far enough, every letter far enough, just to see if they were signed and he closed every letter the same way. And in fact, he had. He signed the very end. For I love only you, Art. And then in bold letters, all caps he had written, hold on. I don't know exactly what Granddaddy meant by the hold on, but I have a good idea. But I think that is what Paul is saying to Timothy. What God is saying to us. What he says individually to us in these love letters. When you are unsure, when you are being tested, when you have questions, hold on to the letters of instruction. Hold on to his word. For he tells us, I love only you. Hold on. Amen and amen.